It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. There's plenty of excitement among Gang Green Nation with Aaron Rodgers' arrival in New York, but how does this opportunity stack up with what he's had in the past? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joseph, happy Cinco de Mayo day to you, my friend, my amigo. I assume you're getting a uh, margarita? Uh, you know, maybe not a margarita, but I will be celebrating with the consumption of Mexican food, which is elite cuisine. Okay, very good. Uh, how about some tequila with your Mexican food? Probably a like diet that's Coke. part of the charm of Cinco de Mayo. Do you have to? I don't know, man. I haven't, had, I haven't had a spirit in a while, man. Haven't had well, a let your hair down a little bit. Let your beard Think down. So. Let the beard yeah, let down. Let your beard down. I'll have tacos and, and guac and chips and salsa. It's all happening for sure. Do you like stuff in your guac? What do you what do you mean? Stuff in your guac? Like the normal stuff like tomatoes, the lime juice, the right, avocados. But then, like sometimes we'll go to the restaurants and they'll put like extra like vegetables or mango or like all no, that no, stuff no, 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 diced no. up in your guac. No, no. Tomatoes, lime juice, salt. Avocados. I don't. And chunky I, of course, of course, no onions. Of course, Chun- no onions. Chunky or pasty? In between. I like a little chunk. Uh, just a little chunk. Yeah. It, you want to know it, that it's avocado and not toothpaste. Yeah, but you don't want it to be too creamy. You don't want it to be too creamy. Right. I agree. That can be a problem. I agree. Well, I'm glad. Glad you know, gangrene, guacamole, parallels, Cinco de Mayo. We're um, we're seeing if how much common ground in the same way that we just found common ground on guacamole that we can find with Aaron Rodgers, the supporting cast he now has in New York, versus when the last time it was that he had supporting casts of this caliber in each component of a team. And the interesting the thought process here, Joe, is the conversation has been, well, Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to go somewhere where he felt like he could compete for a championship, and he thought that the New York Jets were capable of that. And obviously Aaron Rodgers 
Last year, the team finished kind of middle of the pack, just about every major statistical category on offense and defense. Uh, the pass catchers without Devontae Adams and trading Devontae Adams kind of felt like he got hung out to dry. And Jets fans are obviously very excited, and they should be very excited. Yes. I think the floor here the floor here for this team feels like a 10-win team. I'd agree. How high can the ceiling go? That's what we are designing ourselves to explore here and now by looking at, okay, the guys catching the football, the running game, the offensive line, the defense, the coaching. When's the last time Rodgers was in a spot that provided him something of the caliber of what he currently has? And that's what we're doing today on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to do it. Um, I think 10 wins is kind of that floor. I, I think that's a good place to put it. Seven-win team last year. They didn't score a touchdown their last three games. Had Flacco, Mike White, Zach Wilson at quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback is a major addition to this team, and so we don't want to make sure. light of that. I mean, it's this is significant. It's definitely going to make the AFC even tougher, the AFC East, of course, even tougher. Uh, but it's going to be fun to also compare the lens here where – uh, is the New York Jets providing this dreamland scenario for the, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers, or whether some pretty comparable opportunities in his past with the Packers? That'll be fun to explore today, Kyle. I, I don't want to like. I know that we got everyone to this point. We're ready to have the conversation, but like, I'm excited about what's coming next week and kind of in the coming months. You want to kind of tease wow. that? Do we want to tease it now? Yes, right at the top, man. All right. So the everydayers are, deserve to know what's coming up. We are getting ready to, starting next week, we are going to be going team by team across the league. And we're going to evaluate your entire roster. We're going to spend a day watching film on your team. And then we're going to have a uh, bucket that we're going to put all the players on your roster in, whether they're cornerstones, quality starters, adequate starters, quality depth, replacement level players, incomplete evaluations, rookies, practice squad caliber players, like, the gauntlet, right? And we're going to go through all teams across the league over the next couple of months. And the objective is to paint these very vivid pictures of what teams have the most upward and downward mobility based on key players, what players or what teams we feel like have the highest floor with their roster, what teams feel like have the lowest floor and the lowest ceiling with the rosters that they have assembled as things currently stand. And uh, then we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff to, as being able to compare teams across the league with the objective being you as a fan gaining a further appreciation for your team through having an expansive knowledge of the entire league. That's the goal. We're yeah. starting that next week. Now we will do some college prospects too, like yeah. the top college names, but wow. Yeah, college yeah, prospects yeah, too, Kyle. Everybody's eating wow. about college, college prospects, no mock drafts though, no big boards, but through, through July, you are going to have a chance on this show to become a better fan by understanding intimately the state of the league by all 32 teams. Can not wait. All right. Let's let's do this thing today that now we're going to do. Now that we're 6 minutes in and we haven't started the process. It's all right. We'll start the process right now. Here it is, baby. Okay. Pass catchers. So, pass catchers is our first obviously quarterback, Aaron's Aaron, right? And he's still playing at a fairly high level. I don't know if he's what he was 10 years ago, but I didn't see this dramatic drop-off from Aaron himself versus what it was the two years previous when he won MVP. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I, I, look, no, he's not what he was 10 years ago, but the Jets need to be what he was two years ago, right? That's a lot, a lot shorter mm -hmm. of a distance to get there. And, um, you know, I, I think you can make a case that he's he, – no, he is coming off of his worst season, right? That's, that's true. 
Um, but you know, how much of that was circumstantial based on the injuries, so many new pieces, young pass catchers, you know, defense didn't quite live up to expectations. So, um, Aaron Rodgers will be a big boost to the quarterback room, obviously. So pass catchers, I have the pass catchers written down for the jets. It's Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Miko Hardman, Randall Cobb. I did put Corey Davis on this list, although it comes with an asterisk and that we don't know if he's going to make it through the offseason or not. Tyler Conklin and C.J. Azoma. The running backs are a separate mm-hmm. conversation, so they're not included here. Any other – any omissions here? Nope. Yeah, the same guys down that I had as meaningful pass catchers. Okay, so when's the last time the, Jet, or the, the Aaron Rodgers had a pass-catching core that was comparable slash better mm. – than what the Jets are providing him in 2023. Kyle, you got to go all the way back to 2021 with the Green yes. Bay Packers. We're on the same page. Let's go. What he had, Devontae Adams. Heard about this guy. He's pretty good, right? Oh, Alan Lazard, that's the same player. Same player. Randall Cobb, that's the same player. Same player, but two years older. Marquez Valdez Scantling. I don't know. What is he? He's probably at least the Michael Hardman slash Corey Davis of this group. Uh, and then this trio of tight ends and, and big Bob Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, and Josiah DeGuara. That that group of pass catchers at receiver and tight end is comparable, if not better, than what the Jets have in store for him this year. So don't you feel like Valdez Scantling, for, for Aaron Rodgers' purposes, I was talking with Pete Bukowski, locked on Packers, and he, he said that Anytime the Packers get in these third and short situations and they get cover one and he just throws slot fade down the field, he yep. calls them transition goes. Really? Right? And he said when when he was throwing them to Devontae Adams, they're unstoppable. But when he's throwing them to Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard doesn't stack vertically down the field. Doesn't MVS kind of feel like the a better between? body type to run that route than Miko Hardman? And that's just, oh. just because like Lazard's Lazard, it's the same thing. Devontae, Garrett Wilson's phenomenal, but you're comparing him to Devontae Adams two years ago. So, like, where it came down to for me was like, okay, Randall Cobb, same, but two years older. Alan Lazard, same, but two years older. Adams over Wilson. The tight ends are comparable. Hardman and Valdez Scantling. I think Valdez Scantling, if, if you needed another player to run transition goes down the field versus... Miko Hardman's always kind of been like a horizontal stretch, speed, scheme, touch type guy instead. Well, I think the Kansas City Chiefs told you which player they like better between Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Miko Hardman. Oh, wow. I walked right into that one. I'll shut up. <laughs> right. It's there right there. It's yep, right there. there. It's right. It's right there. It's right there. So 2021, we both, we both had the same answer there. It's the last time that Rodgers had a better supporting cast. Uh, in our eyes, that, than what he has in 2023 with the Packers. Now, or now, and with the Jets. Now, remember, we said it. The floor for this team felt like 10 wins. Because I feel like yeah. Jets fans might come out of this podcast and feel like we're disrespecting their team. We're not doing that. But if you just looked at the pass catchers, I'd say they were more delicious in 2021 than 2023. Yeah, and you were talking about supporting cast. You want the perfect supporting cast for your diet? Delicious. Built Bars, baby. Ayo. These things are awesome, man. You're looking for a delicious snack. You don't want all the sugar. You don't want all the calories. Then you got to try the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Built. They're awesome. They're healthy. They're delicious. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate, just like this peanut butter puff uh, Built Bar that I ate just a few minutes ago. Uh, and they come in great flavors like peanut butter puff and churro and 
brownie batter and coconut almond. They're all amazing flavors, covered in 100% chocolate, and they're healthy. Like we mentioned, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, 17 grams of protein in this Built Puff that I just ate. We all want a little more lean protein. Well, there you go. Go to Built and check them out. You can get yourself a box of Built Bars by heading to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKDOWN15. It'll get you 15% off your next order, or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box right off the shelf. They're in the pharmacy area of your local Walmart. Of course, you can uh, check them out at Sam's Club and as well. Run in. You can get a, a mixed box at the Sam's Club. So check them out. Best tasting protein bars on the planet. You'll thank us later. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So running backs are next. The running back room between the Packers of the past and the Jets of the present. The Jets of the present has Brees Hall, Zonovan Knight, my guy Izzy Abanacanda. Great ad for them. And Michael Carter. Somehow you snuck in Abanacanda before Carter there. Of course I did. Because Abanacan yeah. is going to be a better pro. Than Michael Carter? Yeah. I hate he's that just... for him that he's stuck behind Brees Hall, though. Yeah. Well, uh, before we talk about this is the best running back room that he's had since whenever, I want to talk about this dynamic with the Jets running back situation. You know, I think there's a lot of excitement about Brees Hall and what he was able to showcase last year. But I will also say this, that Brees Hall was in a really good system there with LaFleur, the wide zone scheme. And so you have a running back coming off of an ACL that scheme change. is in a scheme change. And so and I, I'm interested to see how that evolves. Back. And the team just drafted another running back. And, yeah, I mean, Abanacanda was a, was he somewhere on day three, right? Yeah, he was mid-day three, but but regardless, they made the decision to draft another running back with Zonovan White Knight, who was a rookie last year, mm-hmm. and Michael Carter, who's a young player. It's a very young backfield. Uh, you have to go all the way back to 2022 to have a yeah. better running back stable than, than for Aaron Rodgers <laughs> than what he has in Green Bay this year. Last year, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. We, we agree on this. I'm wondering, we came into this conversation – uh, not comparing notes, so I, yep. I'm interested to see uh, where we we fall on these. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of the criticism with Green Bay last year. It's like, hey, you got all these young pass catchers. Run, use run, Aaron Jones run. and AJ Dillon. You're paying when both they did, these they running backs. <laughs> right. When they did, they were they were effective offensively when they ran the ball. They just didn't want to run the ball. Right. So, I mean, and Aaron Jones is a good pass catcher too. I mean, he adds a lot correct. there. And right. Brees Hall should be as well, right? We want to see more, right? We have a limited sample put, size. If you put Aaron Jones amongst that group of 2021 pass catchers, he's probably the second best pass catcher on the team behind Devontae Adams. Yep, and we didn't even do that. So there's your X factor in that conversation. Right. If you needed a little any, if you need anything more to push that over the top, there you go. We just gave it to you. You know what's anything interesting? Else with though, backs? Yeah, I'll say this because I think we're kind of being mindful of like Packers history and what he, they supplied Aaron Rodgers, 
they had some stretches there where they couldn't get running back figured out, right? I mean, how many times with James right. Starks and, and Eddie Lacy and then how quickly that tapered hey, off? And Eddie Lacy was fine until things got off the rails. Got off Eddie the Lacey rails. Eddie Lacy was good there for a minute. For a minute. Let's just stop there. A few minutes. A few yeah, a few minutes. minutes. A few minutes. Uh, offensive line? Yep. Okay, how did you put projected starters for the Jets? All right, this is what I have it down as. I have Dwayne Brown at left tackle, Lincoln Tomlinson at left guard, the center as McGovern slash Tittman. Okay. The right guard is Elijah Vera Tucker, and then the right tackle as Max Mitchell slash Billy Turner and then slash Mekhi Becton. Man, so Becton's just a slash O-line eight. (laughs) Brother, I don't know. (laughs) I have no clue what you're going to get, right? He's one of the biggest X factors for the Jets. Right, because he could, if he's on and he plays like he's capable of, he can be an impact starter. Right, but he, what do I, mean, I have he, over the last couple of years to point to that suggests that's going to happen? He, if if he's on and he's the player that he's capable of being, he's the second best offensive lineman on the Jets behind Vera Tucker. Yeah, no question. But there's also a very realistic role where he's the seventh best offensive lineman on the team. So you've no no clue what you're going to get. The combinations, what this could look like, are there's so many, dude. Endless. Like yeah. you, you don't tell me there's not a path where Lincoln Tomlinson doesn't start and Elijah Vera Tucker and I don't know Tittman or Turner's your guards. I don't know, dude. Like I, I, I think Lincoln Tomlinson from a price perspective is is one of the few guys that is locked into his position. Man, but like if you just want to play your best players, but like, you could you could put AVT at left tackle. You could put him at right guard. You could put him at right tackle. You could put Tittman at center or right guard. You could put McGovern at center or right guard. Becton. Billy Turner can play right tackle or guard too. Man, Billy Turner. Yeah. Loki a nice utility swing. That was a great pickup. At this yes. at this stage in, in his career. Speaking of Billy Turner, he was on the offensive line that was last a better option for Aaron in my mind than what he has this year in New York. I would agree. Twenty twenty? Okay, so I went twenty. I have twenty twenty written down, but then I also have twenty nineteen written down, just in case there was any doubt about twenty twenty. Okay, so the twenty twenty group was Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley. That was his last year on the team. Elkton Jenkins, Ricky Wagner was really good. Billy Turner. I think Lane Taylor was on that group too. Yeah, so if you if people are like, oh, 2020 is not better, 2019 definitively is better with Bakhtiari at left tackle, Elkton Jenkins at left guard, Corey Lindsley at center. Holy smokes, that's a really good three, trio right there. Then Billy Turner at right guard, and then Brian Balaga at right tackle. That was his last year yeah. with Green Bay, and he got a big deal from the Chargers. Right. So, he, like, he definitively it's 20, 2019 and probably it's 2020. Well, I just think with the questions that, like, Tomlinson wasn't a player that warranted the deal that they gave him last year. Can he get back on track? In a different scheme, right? He in went di- there because in, of in a Lafleur. different scheme. Yeah, that's a great man. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not sure. The scheme I'm not... change is a big deal here, isn't it? Yes. Because a lot of the pieces that they brought in last year were Lafleur, Lafleur specific. And that's not that. Like, that's not to say they can't be effective players. Yeah, dude, Lake, I don't – Lake and Tomlinson's kind of a weird one. You're right. Because they, they made the decision to bring back McGovern. They drafted Tipman. They have Vera Tucker, who's, you feel like, scheme diverse. 
that is kind of a weird limbo player. You're right. I'm intrigued. All right, so 19 slash 20. 20. Ricky Wagner was good, man. I don't want to hear it. I'm, and you I'm still not... had Lindsley, Elgin Jenkins, and Bakhtiari. Okay. 20. We're going over the defensive side of the ball here. Next on Locked on Dolphins, we'll finish with defense and coaching, comparing when the staff and the defensive side of the ball was last this robust for Aaron Rodgers in comparison uh, with his history in Green Bay. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Defensively, Joe, this Jets team was fourth in yards, fourth in points last year. Top five defense in, in both major statistical categories. Really running a lot of this back, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the nucleus of the team that was there, obviously they had a first-round pick, and Will McDonald is kind of an exciting wide nine pass speed pass rusher with some upside. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on the addition of Al Woods at nose tackle as a big-bodied presence on the inside. He's an older player, but he's probably a 30 40% snap player and a really good role player for them. The secondary really was the identity of the team last year defensively, and then they bring in Chuck Clark. So some some pretty sensible ads mm-hmm. in addition to the entire nucleus of the defense being back from last year. And you think about how much growth they showed from 21 to 22, and then now they get to take it to the next level. And Jermaine Johnson, year two, he should have a bigger impact. Um. Sauce Gardner was a rookie, right? I mean, like, let's not yeah. act like his rookie season is the best he's ever going to be. And I know he set a high bar, but, you know, even DJ Reed, who found a home there as a corner opposite of him, like, there's there's reason to think that this defense, like, from a personnel perspective, like, the major swaps, what, Sheldon Rankins is out, and we're going to lean more into Quentin Jefferson and, and, uh, and Al Woods and then just Chuck Clark. So you have a lot of year-over-year continuity. Timeout. Jordan Whitehead's pretty good, too. Yeah, he is. He's a pretty good player. So, um, when last year, who else did they have last year back there at the safety position? Didn't they have LaMarcus Joyner back there last year? Yep. Like trading out Chuck Clark for Joyner is a really nice, nice development piece for that defense too. Yeah, I'd agree. Especially because Michael Carter in the slots turning out to be a solid player there. And you don't really need that versatility as much from Joyner or you can, be a little bit more traditional with Chuck Clark and Jordan Whitehead, both good tacklers. So this is a, a defense that in year one in Sa- under Sala was dead last in the league <laughs> in both yards and points. And then they go to fourth. What is, what is your expectation for sustainability of that top five defense performing like that again this year? So I think that's probably the defining question that we have to ask in order to get a gauge of 
measuring this Jets defense versus past Packers defenses. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm expecting a top five defense, aren't you? Yes. Especially with a better offense? You're not going to be out there all the time? I mean, like, it was remarkable that for as much as this team struggled on offense to move the football and consistently score points, that the defense was able to be as stout as they were. Okay. What about two turnovers after the bye week? It's not great. This defense forced two turnovers after week 10. Now, from a sustainability standpoint, that's probably something you would point to and say, well, Law of Averages says you probably won't go another eight games and force two turnovers in eight games. So, okay, I would say that's fair. They could they they were had a little bit on the run in run defense throughout the course of the year. The Seahawks put almost 200 on them. The Jaguars put 147 on them. The Dolphins put 162 on them in the final three games of the season. So playing more balanced, complementary football, I think will will it, the hope is that you will have improvement there as well. But they were middle of the pack in rushing defense last year from a, a raw output standpoint. They gave up over 2,000 rushing yards last year, and that was 16th in the league. So Al Woods, Chuck Clark, can those guys improve that component? Yeah, and can. can you be more sustained with your turnovers? Because they, they forced at least one turnover in all nine of their first nine games and then produced tur- two turnovers in the final eight games of the season. Yeah, I think I think those are good swaps. I mean, Sheldon Rankins is not going to be a guy that's really going to anchor and control his gaps, right? right? I mean, like Al Woods will help with that, and I think Chuck Clark as well is a bigger-bodied safety. The other thing is I know the turnovers were down late in the season, but like at what point did offenses realize it didn't have to be aggressive? You didn't have to take chances. Just stay in the game, right? I mean, because the Jets aren't going to be able to score with you. You don't have to put the ball in harm's way. And so I think that's something worth mentioning as you see the downtick in, in turnovers. And, and eventually, you, like, you just realize, okay, this Jets defense is really, really real. Quit toying with them. Right. Okay. So what did you have, what did you have in your notes? Yeah, so the, the, the objective here is for us to find the defense, the last defense that was better or comparable to what the Jets are going to afford Rodgers this year. And this was the hardest one for me because from a talent perspective, Green Bay has first-round picks all over their defense, right? I mean, it's it's really, really, really talented, but it hasn't really delivered. And so, Kyle, I went all the way back to 2010, that Packers The, the Super Bowl year. Yeah, well, they were. Uh, I don't know if they were. That was the year before they went fifteen and one, if I'm not mistaken. Right, they won the Super Bowl that year. Okay, so they were number two. They won the Super Bowl. They had top five defense in both yards and points, and then they regressed. Their offense blew up, and they were so they went fifteen and one and didn't win the Super Bowl. Correct. They lost in the divisional round, so they lost okay. their first playoff game that year. So, like you mentioned, number two in scoring that year, special. number five in yards, but number two in uh, DVOA, right? I mean, just a very sound defense. Some of the stars of that that unit. I mean, you had a, a pair of Pro Bowl uh, corners in in uh, Charles Tillman and Tremont Williams. Nick Collins, a stud at safety. Um, Clay Matthews, AJ Hawk, BJ Raji, Colin Jenkins was really good that year. Ryan Pickett, Desmond uh, Bishop, Frank Zombo, uh, Charlie Pepper, the other safety on this defense. That that unit was was very, very, very strong. And I think yeah. that's, like I said, they've had a lot of talent, but they never delivered like they did in that 2010 season. 
So I, I'm going to buy in with you. I had I had written down from a talent perspective, it felt like it was that 2019-2020 uh, stretch that had Zadarius Smith. It had Jair Alexander. It had Adrian Amos. It had Darnell Savage when, when he was playing at his peak, I think it was 2020, mm-hmm. uh, when he was, you know, before he had regressed. Uh, Channon Sullivan was a meaningful player on that team. You, you of course, in the middle of the defense, you had Kenny Clark as as the plug. But I would agree from a, if you were going to measure from a performance standpoint and not a talent standpoint, what the Packers did in the early 2010s is the closest thing to what the Jets provided defensively last year. Right. That's because the Packers is wasn't happening on defense. They weren't maximizing their talent on defense. Isn't it funny how that always works, though? Oh, you've got bona fide star quarterback. Eh, defense. Eh. We'll just be middle of the road. We don't need it. Oh, we can't score points. We're going to have a killer defense. <laughs> right. It's like they always end up falling into that. It's hard to be good at both. Right. So definitively um, 2010? Definitively 2010. I think you can make a, a conversation for the two years that the Packers won 13 games at when Aaron won MVP that the talent was comparable. Yeah. But they were like a middle-of-the-pack defense, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they were ninth in, ninth in yards and I think 13th in scoring defense or something like that. Solid. So they, they, were, they were like plus 170 in point differential the one year. And then I think they gave up – how many points did they give up? I don't want to make sure I get it right. They gave up 313 points in 2019. 2010 was what, 240? 2010, sources tell me, was 200, 240 <laughs> points. Yeah. Yeah. So. And this is, this is where you get excited, right? If you're a Jets fan, it's like, okay, yeah, we got – Maybe there's been things offensively that have been good around Aaron, and obviously, I mean, he's won two of the last three MVPs, right? But has he had a defense that can deliver like the Jets? That's where I get excited, right? Where right. it's not – he doesn't have to – I mean, he's going to have to carry the team, right, because he's a franchise quarterback, but maybe not – he can it's lean on the defense to get a stop, right? It's going to be okay to put enough. them back on the field. Yes. They'll get a stop for you. How about coaching? This was tough, right? Yeah, it was hard. I, I didn't go too deep into it. No, I didn't go too deep in. I I just went back to twenty twenty one, Kyle, because same let's just do it. Offensive coordinator. It's the same offensive coordinator, so that's a wash. Matt Lafleur is a more proven coach than Robert Sala, right? Correct. So he so you get the you get the bump in head coach, and then I don't know Joe Burry Joe Barry versus Jeff Olbrick as your Olbrick. DC, and and Sala obviously has a heavy hand on the defensive side of the ball anyway. Right, like. Yeah, I, I, I had did, the same. I had the same thing written down, twenty twenty one. And the 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 tiebreakers Lafleur. I mean, he's won playoff games. He's had thirteen win seasons, like three of them. Robert Sala hasn't had a winning season as a head coach. He's had two losing seasons. Right. I don't. Maybe there's if you let it play out, there's a great story to tell with Robert Sala, but. I, there's no there's no planet where you can say that he's a better head coach than Matt LaFleur right now. What a great life to be living as Matt LaFleur. 
and be 49 and or 47 and 19 as an NFL head coach. Right. Compare that to like Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor's going to have to have like three more amazing seasons with Joe Burrow to get out of the hole that he started off in right, with those first they, couple of seasons. They, they won what six games? There's his first two seasons there. Yes, dude, something like that. The journey there is going to be big. Yeah, four, two and fourteen, four and eleven, four eleven and one, ten and seven, twelve and four. They would have to go twelve and five. If they went twelve and five this season, Zach Taylor would still have a losing record for his right? career. Right. Matt LaFleur sitting here like out of, plus 30 games in four years. <laughs> right. He went 13-3 his first three seasons, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, they're 13-4 there in the third year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, tomatoes, whatever. So, draft needs to do math. But. Tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. It's Friday doing plus math. 28 games. Friday doing math. So, for the narrative for what Aaron Rodgers has versus what he's had, I think, Joe, you and I are both in agreement the offensive infrastructure is comparable to recent years, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because recent years has been MVP caliber play two of the last three years. Mm-hmm. Including one of those years, I think it was like 48 touchdowns and five picks. Like, just bonkers numbers. So, what is the intersection of parallel or comparable support on the offensive side of the ball and coaching with Aaron and his physical peak performance as he has aged into his late 30s? And then where does the defense, which is the best Aaron has had backing him in a very long time, put the – you have to triangulate all of those factors to figure out what the ceiling is here for the Jets. And that's why it feels like, you know, for both of us, we said at the top, it feels like the floor is double-digit wins. And what you do from there is going to be determined by triangulating all of those things. Well said. Is there another layer of this that the recent quarterbacks that switched teams didn't really work out, right? Like that's the big mystery. Is there's, a there location. is a mystery here, dude? You're in New York too, and Green Bay. Small town, small town kid growing up hey, too, you, man. You are not in Kansas anymore, right? <laughs> right. We're going to have three 10-win teams in the East, at least. Three double-digit win teams, and then there's the Patriots. Okay. Well, Joe said it, not me. So <laughs> we're going to wrap on that one. <laughs> Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Locked On NFL Scouting. Shout-out to our everydayers who keep it locked in because it is your team's everyday here on the Locked On Network. We hope that you hit subscribe, come back, and see us again soon. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Enjoy your weekends. We'll be back again on Monday. Joe, we're starting with the Indianapolis Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So film deep dive on the Colts roster on Monday. Plan accordingly. Hope to see you there. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 